I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, my brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. It's such a pleasure having you join. And today I am, I'm really excited to bring two beautiful brothers back to the podcast. I've had them on separately, and now it's time that we all three join forces and um, get into some really beautiful conversations. We've already started. We've been in deep conversations. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we've got to record and capture this energy. And it's Matt Kubler and Aaron Scotty. Matt is a former military intelligence. He's a veteran, an air marshal, SWAT team uh, member, Philadelphia police officer, and a beautiful brother who's written a book about his beautiful brother. And I also have Aaron Scotty, who you have heard a couple of times on the podcast, former executive producer in Hollywood movies, knows that world really well, left it to find truth as I left my world. And Matt, we're all coming together to find truth, to find love, to find beauty, to find freedom. And so I'm excited to welcome my brothers on the podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Good brother. How are you? Man, so we were talking about perception versus reality. We've talked about uh, painting humanity and broad brush strokes versus the reality of getting to know um, someone. And Matt, or yeah, Matt, without naming the person, but share just a little bit of this conversation. Someone reached out to you and then started painting, and you don't have to go into whatever, but just the overarching broad brushstrokes and then you're like well yeah it's it's so so first of all i have as you both know and now your audience will know i have a pet peeve with broad brushes right so nothing is as as um, broad as people want them to think it is and whether that's race whether that's government whether that's religion whether it's um professions or or just general beliefs nothing can be broadly stroked with a brush Mm -hmm. everything has nuances and specifications that are unique to that individual. And so I get this, this Instagram message um, from someone that we follow on we follow one another. And, and I don't even know how he and I be <laughs> Instagram connected, but we are. And he, and he lobbed out a couple like teaser things in, in the message. And then I engaged him and it, it turned into this very broad, um, mischaracterization of many different groups hmm. that he believes are responsible for the the cabal the end of the world the the cause of all of our pain whatever his his agenda is and all i tried to do was because several of them were me like things i was involved with <laughs> so like for 30 years so i've been for people that want to know i'm a 32nd degree freemason hmm. i've been in the freemasonry for 25 years i'm very proud of that we do the things that I've done in Freemasonry and the, and the things that my lodge does and the state of Pennsylvania's lodges do is, is we go out and raise money for charities. We help our community. We do community cleanups. We, uh, and his broad brush was Freemasons are the end of the world. The reason why we're, we're in this cabal is because of Freemasonry. And mm. trust me, I'm very well aware of all the literature that's out there about the association with the Illuminati and, and, and all that stuff and the Jesuits. I get it. I'm not denying any of those things are in some way factual. I'm just saying that you can't say every Freemason is involved in the, the cabal, which yeah. is kind of what he was saying. Right. Um, and I tried to educate him and he didn't want to be educated because he, he doesn't care because it would, it would impact his broad stress, broad brush strokes right. in a way that would lose the argument. And then he went after cops, which I've been a cop for 30, almost 30 years. And I said, well, I, I have something I can offer as far as that goes too. And he's like, well, it's, it's the, you know, they think they're better than everybody else. They think their lives are more valuable. And I said, well, that's actually fundamentally just not true. Right. I said, what I will agree with is that the same people that are, are directing law enforcement as far as our mission are the same people that are 
flooding inner cities with opioids and crack back in the 80s mm. and providing both with the level of armaments that are required to, to fight one another. I do agree with that. But I, will, I won't agree with that cops in general aren't loving, caring servants of their community. I said yeah. they are. I said every day we, we may be pawns in, a, in an evil game. I don't know. But every day a cop goes out and saves somebody's life. Yeah. I said, so you can't, can't make that broad stroke. And then the point of the whole thing was, I don't know why he was engaging me. <laughs> I don't know what his intentions were. I don't know what his, but I had, I had to tap out. I'm like, listen, dude, no offense. This is nonsensical. Right. I did, I, you're, it clearly shows your lack of intellect. If you're not willing to have, I said, and you clearly knew that I was a cop and that I was a Freemason that like, those weren't just random. You hit the blind hit the tail on the donkey, right? This was, you knew. So you were trying to engage me in some sort of a, an argument. I said, which is fine. I just, I, I'm going to educate you if absent your lack of intellect. Hmm. So those are the things that I think in our world today, we spend a lot of time listening to and paying attention to and believing in the broad strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Which don't, lead us to more freedom, which don't lead us to more love, which don't lead us to more light, doesn't lead to more peace. It just leads to more pieces in a way of just separating you and I. And, and Aaron, you were talking about to what actor, what actor had to live with the broad brushstroke of a, a role oh, yeah. that was the role of a lifetime, but ended up being the role of his lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, Tony Goldwyn, who is now, he plays the president on Scandal, who everyone loves. Um, and it's a super popular show, and he's great. Everybody loves him now. But I, I did that show. I did five episodes or something. And he was saying that throughout his career, he had a really hard time because in the beginning of his career, he landed this huge role on this movie called Ghost, which I'm sure a lot of you know. Uh, it was a very popular film. But everybody loved Patrick Swayze. And they were really mad at the person who killed him in the movie, which was played by an actor named Tony Goldwyn. So this poor guy gets this beautiful, this big role on this big hit movie, and he can't walk down the street without people going, oh, oh, man, you, you know, they, it's like people are having a hard time separating yeah. uh, this, what, what they see through the screen with reality. I mean, Tony Goldwyn's a sweet man. Mm. And he was he was an actor who, you know, did a really good job in that role. Yeah. Um, and be, and he's not the only one. I mean, you could look, you know, uh, what was the, the movie with the, the guy who played like a pedophile? And when he jumped in the pool, everybody ran out because they knew he, you know, he was really I forget what that movie's called, but he was really, really good in that role. And and in life. You know, you can't walk down the street without now being looked at funny because, you know, a lot of these actors play these roles really well. Right. And then they get labeled as their character. Mm. So and I think that happens. That happens in many to many people, you know, and, and not because they the, the movie industry isn't stupid. Right. They're going to say, well, if you're cast as a cop, you're going to be playing like there's guys that they're always a cop. You're like, man, don't you branch right, out like or what judge or yeah, right. pigeonhole. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's and I think that's because they see the whatever the, the metrics are that they determine for um, how well an audience interacts or, or associates with certain uh, actors in a movie or, or roles in a movie. I'm sure there's some there has to be a metric for that. Where well, it's repetition, just like everything else. Why do you like repetition, repetition, repetition glues you in more and more and more. Mm. So you keep seeing the same guy play the cop. You get used to that now. The actor likes it because they get to work all the time and make money, but then eventually they get to this place where they're like, I don't want to be pigeonholed and I want to play a doctor now. Mm. Um, but coming up, sometimes they're like, well, man, you get to work, get to work. But then the audience gets to know them as one thing. And that kind of goes across the board with you know, education and, and drilling things to be memorized and words that we're seeing all over the place nowadays the c19 thing which i don't speak that phrase into existence right. but you hear it you see it everywhere because repetition will drill it in mm -hmm. so this is it's kind of they they use the same strategies across the board it's any any kind of marketing or advertising mm -hmm. right um repetition 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 is how we learn 
So that's how we become programmed to just blank, like we see that and we, we know, okay, that's the box we put it in. Mm. So look at how the media is portraying police officers right now. That's why somebody like this is going to come at you and say, you're a cop, you're bad, you go in this box. Because I know where cops belong because the media told me. Right. Now you're not a human being. You're not an individual. You're not an actor. You're, you know? Right. You are, you are just, oh, you're that person or you're that cop. So you go in that box. And I think, oh, sorry, man. I was just saying, I've been thinking more uh, along the lines of like the guy that reached out to you was saying that the Jews, it's the same narrative of Jews, Jews, Jews. Well, if the Jews were that powerful, then why would they allow themselves to be targeted as the, the, the cause of the problem? Right. People are so like, don't, Tell me what's in front of the camera. I want to know who's shooting the camera, who's behind the camera, who's directing the camera. If cops were all that powerful and the cause of working at the Mesa's role, then why are they allowed? Who is talking about who puts that narrative in? Who poisons the water? Don't tell me about the water is fluoride. Who is putting who where is fluoride manufactured? Who funds that mother effing plant to like dull humanity's pineal gland? So this is. I, I have more and more been caught with a frustration with those who keep broad stroking everything and then think that their perception is the reality when what is behind what they are perceiving. And that is, I think, what we're all kind of talking about. It's like... Yeah. Anyway, Open the aperture also- and turn the camera around. Yes, turn the or, camera Or like, don't look at the person under the bus. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the people don't get that the we we want our truth, our our belief in what true is yeah. to be true. So we we allow, and that's for every whether you're left, right, center, Satan, God doesn't matter. You want your version to be seen as a universal truth by everyone. So you will push whatever looks and fits into that truth box that you're trying to create, and. That in itself is is wrong on every level. And when you think about how um, we you know we're we're clearly um, on one side of, of the spectrum, we're looking at things from a, a different lens than maybe people who are are supporting the the left and and the the misery that's going on in our our government. Yeah. But it doesn't mean the people that are that we're drawing information from are telling us the truth, right? Right. They're, they're not. They're they're just. I believe without a doubt the same fucked up people are, are delivering the information. Yes. Like it's, it's not, we're, you get opposition. Right. It's not CNN is the evil and then Fox is good. They're all fucking evil. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> like, so when you're in a telegram group and that group, you're reading something and you take it and share it 5 million times, mission accomplished, yeah. right? right? They did exactly what they were intending to do because you wanted to fit into your truth box so badly that you will believe anything that's put in front of you. And I am of the belief I question every motherfucker, mm, yeah. everyone. Yeah. I don't get it. And I do it with Aaron. He'll share it with me. And I'll be like, nope, this is what I don't like about this. And, mm. and I do it with you because yeah. we have that belief and understanding in one another that we're going to keep it 100 every yeah. single time. Yeah. Never a question about our intentions with each other. Yes, that's right. Well, and you that- have to also look at the people sending it out because now everybody knows that, that there's been a divide. Yep. So if you want to get attention and get followers and likes, you can just lean into this side too and go, oh, this, that, and the other. And, and then that discredits the truth because it's pretty obvious that there's something going on out there that, that is more about controlling the population and stuff than it is about healing the population, right? That's, I know that's a broad stroke, but it's becoming pretty obvious. But somebody can lean into that and give different information and like play into that but they have this shitty quality and, and they're not really making a ton of sense. And they're just saying, oh, I'm going to go sue the CDC and we're all doing it to get people fired up going, yeah, finally, somebody's doing it. And then just, again, they're just blindly following that narrative. And then when that gets discredited, the whole thing comes down and then they go back to go, oh, trust the media. And, and, and everybody loses there. Yeah, that reminds me what I was, uh, I started Fourth Avenue Media this uh, when I was almost 27, but I was 26 years old. 
uh, just left the newsroom at the ABC affiliate in Seattle. I didn't really know what I was doing. It's 2008. So I started, I had the idea. Um, during the recession. Up, yeah. During the recession, I was like, Oh, you know, it's it remind me of that movie, liar, liar, when he's beating himself up in the bathroom. And I was like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? That's what my business strategy was like at the beginning but I <laughs> this, um, office. All right. I was in this old, old building in um, downtown Bellevue where I had my company and, and I was working late all the time. And this old, I've never seen more wrinkles in a face weathered guy was shared office next door. And he was talking to me one night in the break room. He's asking me about myself. And I said, well, what do you do? He's like, I do a lot, a lot of properties around the country, but I also am an attorney. And he goes, and I was walking out, I'm like, have a good night. He goes, I want to tell you one thing before you go. Even if you win a lawsuit, you don't win a lawsuit. And I was like, what? He goes, don't forget that. And I was like, okay. And the guy's yeah. name's Bill. I'll never forget. He said that. And it makes me think like, yeah, we're going to go fight the CDC. But you get into that system. You actually don't win. Right. Even if you win. Because someone loses and win lose is lose lose. And that's what we have to have to, I don't know how, I don't know how humanity will do this, but win lose is lose lose. That's what we need to remember. Well, fighting is not living. That's the thing. Imagine how many years of of soul sucking energy it takes to go fight a lawsuit. That's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the way life is set up. You go to grade school to prepare for middle school, to prepare for high school, to prepare for college, to prepare for a career, to prepare for retirement, which is what they do to horses. Yep. None of prepare, preparing is living. So when do you live? That's profound. That's a deep. That's got to be on a fucking T-shirt, I think, right? <laughs> that's right. Bye. <laughs> it's uh. I, I've been, and Aaron knows this, and Matt, I don't know if you've watched any of John Levy's videos and John Levy's channel, but um, it is, uh, it's this guy that shows photos of buildings and then asks a simple question. Did this building get built by the people we're told that it got built by? Did Salt Lake City and all the amazing layout and grid of that city with these temples and this in like even in Philadelphia, the hall, every capital we're told that cowboys or people in wagons built these things. And well, same thing for the pyramid, the pyramids, right. the same thing. Same pyramid, same yeah. he doesn't have to take it back. He's like, even in North America, we're told that people in wagons had the ability to make this. And, and that question, I don't want to go, I mean, if anyone listens, I really recommend like diving into his videos. It will, it will make you pause on everything that you think, you know, as truth. And I was talking to someone this morning. She said that Europe, that the, um, she, she's a John Levy fan. And she said that, where did these people go? The people that knew themselves, she goes, the people that built these buildings knew themselves. They knew why they built these buildings. It wasn't like, oh, our country is forming and we're spending all this money building these capital buildings. Well, where did all the tax dollars come from? Oh man, America must've just been like rich as hell, just building like ornate marble cathedrals and calling it government buildings. And she said, but the people that built those used to eat with silver, true silver and drink out of crystal because they knew the frequency of these things and everything they did. And it blew my mind. I'm like, dude, we're fighting over our cops bad. And we're walking by things that we can't even explain logically today. And we think, and this is the people that paint in broad brushstrokes. You think, you know, bro, you don't know any, I don't know anything. (laughs) And the more I learn, isn't that the old adage Plato said, or someone Aristotle said, or somebody said, (laughs) the more I learn, the less I know. It's like, yeah, we know nothing so be conscious and be present and to love and i don't know where it's going other than questioning everything (laughs) that's the only absolute the only absolute is we know nothing yeah 
And the question, well, I mean, right. you know, this much, yeah. Right. We're here to ask questions and expand. Yeah. There is no right. It's a, oh, we're, we're right. Don't, we're all done life. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen. We don't get there. Question, expand, question, expand. We're actually creating. We're, we're here to create and expand. We're on the leading edge of creation when we ask questions. And then the, the vibration of thought turns into a physical reality eventually when the vibration is strong enough. Mm, gives me chills. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point because we're, there are people trying to create that vibration and that reality through exactly. non-connection, right? By I'm going to follow somebody on Facebook and I'm going to believe in everything they'd say, or, or they're my, they're my go-to. There are people who think I'm their go-to hmm. and, and I want them to know that, when we connect me and you individually, that's when I have value to you. Hmm. Not when I put out a blanket video or, or a post or I share something online or whatever. It's when, when you, if you, something attractive about me happens inside of you, you go, I want to pay attention to this person. And then you and I have a, a connection. That's when we raise that frequency up, not through this blanket broad stroke brush of information that people think they are now in the know because they follow 355 telegram channels. Like mm. that's not, that's not how you do this. That, that's like the, it's like the Facebook old ladies, uh, I unfriend you. I'm taking you off my wall. Like that's like, like right. a physical wall. Like that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Right. The vibration level change happens when you are connecting with other people who are at a equal or higher frequency than you. Right. To help elevate yours so that you can create this new reality. That's what all of it is about. And I, I am, as, we, as you guys know, not very trusting. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of um, meaningful interactions with people simply because I don't trust. Mm. And I'm learning to have those um, meaningful interactions so that I can use the thing that's inside of me, that intuition, that, that ability to determine whether you're a good person or not, mm. to, to decide whether or not it's worthy of, like your frequency is worthy of, of my time and energy and that our frequencies together can grow and build something. Yeah. And I think that's where the three of us connect is that we have that building component off of one another because our frequencies are so high yeah. and, and in certain areas, mine's higher than yours and, and vice versa. And that's how... The, the growth component, that reality creation that Aaron just talked about happens. And that's, I don't want to say the word should, but it feels like mm -hmm. it fits. It's like, that's how it should be though. I was, we went over to some friends last night and he's a carpenter uh, craftsman, um, mm -hmm. really cool guy, um, hunter. Um, just, I just love this guy. He's very strong in who he is. And I said, and I, been thinking more and more about we don't even know how to be human and what i and actually i'm going to do a podcast about this um this will air later than i'm going to do this podcast about human hue is a color of light a shade so our what does that even mean human shade of man a sh uh, like what does it mean to be like and then i was saying this morning sorry i'm gonna wrap this back but people and peep whole uh, an ability to look through something. Mm, Why is it so similar? And when were we first called people and who called us people? And I've been thinking about this too, while we're on this crazy, while I'm on this tangent, his story. And yes, we say the winner writes this, the, the history, but I'm questioning, perhaps there is a one singular, his that is orchestrating this entire narrative and we are worried people that the, the Masons, the, this group, the, the Jews, the Nazis, like who benefits from all this, the guy leaking all this information and it, maybe it's, you know, some people would say that's Satan. Some people would use other archetypal language, but I've been questioning all this stuff, which brings me back to, we don't know how to be human. I was saying last night that if the grid went down, all of a sudden, energy was gone 99% of humanity would die within weeks on this planet that is so yeah. insane to think about that is an insane concept 
that we don't know how to feed ourselves, um, build shelters for ourselves. We have completely lost the ability to be human or mankind or whatever <laughs> kind man. I mean, literally all these words, I'm like, why do they exist? And what are we actually saying about ourselves? And he said back, not to get back to what you just said about your conscious lie or we're all together. He said, but I think I, I go, because I can teach I'm a spiritual teacher. I can inspire people. I can do whatever I, my gifts are. I can hunt but I don't know how to frame anything. I don't have that understanding. I wasn't given that skill set. I literally could not build a 90 degree, 45 degree angled structure. And he said, but that's how it should be. It's like communities were, oh, you have a deer. Why don't I trade the deer for I'll frame your house? And why don't I? And I'm like, yeah, that is actually a beautiful way to think about it where I'm not identified as what I can do, but I just know my part fits into this beautiful part. Yeah. That's called diversity. Mm. That's what actual diversity is. You each bring something diverse to the table. It's the, the old barter system, the community, yeah. community. what um, someone is, you know, teaching the children, but they're teaching them what children need to learn about, you know, so they're going here to learn how to grow food. They're playing in nature. They're learning emotional intelligence with this person. Yes. Somebody's building, somebody's hunting, and we all gather together and share resources, right? Share, it's an energy exchange. Right. And that's all they did was take our energy exchange and they put a piece of, put it on a piece of paper and then they started tracking it mm -hmm. and taking our skills away so that we are feeding off the teat of daddy government. Mm -hmm. And we rely on a supply chain that they could, at any moment, could any disappear. Moment. Anymore. And the reason why the three of us are, are kind of growing together is because we have a, a real set of checks and balances, like what checks and balances could actually be. We, we keep each other, you know, it's not like I tell you something and you're like, oh yeah, I just believe it because I trust Aaron. Yeah. We bring yeah. things to the table together to decipher together yeah. based on each one of our different experiences through life, our visceral experience. Matt, you say you don't trust many people. It's because you've had so much visceral experience right. to see different parts of humanity, right? And say, same with me. Like, I, that's why I, I think because we've had so much broad experience, mm. broken down in individual visceral experiences, we can then ask more questions mm. because one's not like the other. But when you stay in your hometown and you go through that thing and then you get your cubicle, um, you don't get to see the world through other people's eyes, which is true diversity. Right. And when you say, oh, that person differed to me, put them over in that box. You don't get to see the world through their eyes, right. which is true diversity. Right. And the, the best thing, I think that the, the number one thing you can do to start growing and expanding, and it's the harder, the harder thing to do, is you have, have, have to be uncomfortably honest with yourself. Mm. Yeah. If you're not honest with yourself, you're never going to figure out anything. You're just going to buy into what they said. But if you can put yourself in that person's shoes on that TV screen and be truly honest, quietly with yourself, you don't have to announce it to anybody, but go, man, I can make a lot of money if I was in that position. Would I or would I do the right thing for humanity? Mm. And just be honest. Be honest with your condition. It's not a bad thing. We've been conditioned. When we admit that to ourselves and then we look and we go, what would I do now? And that like right now, I would like to come up a little bit and then I, and then I would do some charity work, right? We have it all backwards. When we start giving now, give, 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 and then allow to receive God, source, infinite intelligence, love, light will take care of the cracks. We'll fill in the gaps for it. You just step out, be honest with yourself. Otherwise, they're just going to prey on your big heart because a lot of people with a big heart are the ones that are falling for a lot of the narrative because they know how to play to that part of your subconscious. Right. They know how to pull, pull at those heartstrings and go, oh, we need justice for this or, or anti that, right? And what you don't realize is you're attracting that same thing you're trying to get rid of. Mm. So when you're honest with yourself and go, put yourself in the boardroom, 
What's the bottom line? Do you think they're going, now how can we truly help all these people who are suffering? Or are they going, how can I get more food for my family? Yeah, I'm filthy. What are they doing? (laughs) What did you do? Just be honest. When you're honest with yourself, at first you don't have to admit it to anybody. But I'll tell you what, when you come out and admit anything, like you cannot be blackmailed. Like just be honest. Yeah. We've all made mistakes. We're all growing. We've all had experience, but learn from it and grow through it and move on. I think that the 1 billion percent, right? 1 billion percent. I think there's two things I took from that personally. Number one, I, when I mentor kids, I always talk to them about understanding. They have to be honest with themselves, with their strengths and their weaknesses and, and really be truly honest with themselves. But I also think as an adult, as a father, as a, as a man, that, when you lead with no secrets, no skeletons, when you reveal, it actually removes your risk, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a target every day. I get it, but I'm not afraid of anything because I've literally told my life story to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on podcasts and videos every week, yeah. sharing truth and facts and things that are not necessarily, you know, great for mad. Mm-hmm. Right. So I say stuff, I share stuff. I do things that people don't necessarily look and go, that makes me like you more. Yeah. Because I'm okay with the fact that that's part of who I am. And I'm honest with everything because I don't have, I don't want anybody to be able to come and backdoor me. Right. right. And try to, to use something against me because I, I lead with all the information so that there is no way to get me. And I hate to be in that mindset, but that's kind of why I do it. But then secondly, I think as parents and we we're all parents, I'm further along in the parenting journey than you guys are. Um, but I think when you realize that you're responsible for the information, the content, the, the emotional intelligence, the morals, everything that is going into that young person's mind from the minute they take the first breath to the day they take the last breath or you take yours, that that intentional parenting process has to be a priority. And if it's not, we're sending out imperf- imperfect beings into the world who are ripe for manipulation yeah. yeah yeah and one of the greatest compliments but it was done as a as a hmm. um, an off-handed jab at me was how did i send my daughter off who is she's 23 years old she's a teacher working in an industry where you know clearly it's more liberal than not yeah. but how did i send my daughter off to college and have her come back even more conservative than she was when she left there left my home. And I said, I've spent the last 18 years of her life putting information and in, in molding her and creating her into this being based on her allowing her to have certain life experiences, allowing her to see her mother and I, how we are with one another, how we are in our jobs, how we are with our work ethics, how we communicate. All of those things are, are repetitively, like MK Ultra, put into my daughter's brain with a purpose. Yeah. And I think when we lose, when we when we allow, there's this fictitious belief, at least I believe so, that we've got to allow our kids to just experience life as it comes to them. Mm. And I think that is so reckless. Yeah. Not that you don't want to keep them sheltered, not that you want to hide them from reality, but you want to make sure that the the way reality is presented to them is in a way that allows them to be a a constant contributor to the world and not a potential victim or consumer only in the world that we're living in. And I think that when you know yourself, when, when you truly know who you are and you know your values and you know your morals and know your convictions, and if you're not sharing that into another human being, just like we do one another, why is it okay for us to do that to us, but it's not okay to do that for the people that you created mm, yourself? Right. right. And I think that's where, where there's this misconception that parenting is something that is sort of like a supervisory role. Right. That that you're not a direct influencer on them. You're just supervising their existence. It's bullshit. Right. They are 100 percent my responsibility until they are out in the world contributing. Everything that they are or do is a direct result of what I did or did not do. Hmm. That reminds me of uh, the saying. I don't know who said it, but usually I like to quote who says it. But maybe you guys know Uh, I. Um, I used to pray for God to make life easier. And then I started, then I changed it, make me stronger or, you know, I don't know what the quote is. I'm, 
I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. If I, I prayed for life to be easier and then God made me a stronger man or something like that. Or like, basically I grew able to handle life. Instead of making it easier, it made me stronger so I could handle it. Yes, exactly. Roger. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give it to him. That's hilarious. Um, So, I mean, as we're, as we're dealing with this time where the brush strokes are painted as a virtue, whatever side, it's virtuous to either, it's either virtuous to paint the other, or it's virtuous to claim that I am, but either way, this brush stroke um, culture has become virtuous. And I wrote something on June 2nd or 3rd, whenever last year of 2020. And I posted that until life matters, lives will continually be lost. Yeah. And it's because I don't even like the all lives matter, like counter to the, because it's still the game. It's still the news to the MSNBC. It's saying, no life matters. We have, we must reclaim that our life, life itself, the very philosophical (laughs) ponderance of what is life must be the foremost sought after truth. And when we do that, it's like, Matt, you as a parent, like we will then equip ourselves for what life is and to fully live this life versus be a brushstroke or a label or a separate from one another. And then like the adage goes, you get a gun, I'll get a gun. You get a bigger gun, I'll get a bigger gun until we always come into conflict. And I think that's where we're at. And I don't know how this, um, for instance, like yesterday I had this pastor from New York who I knew when I was a kid um, come at me on a post and I deleted his comment. And uh, my wife's like, you should just respond to him. I'm like, I don't know what give him my energy. There's no in me that is like that. His snarky response is even worthy of being in my space. And <laughs> I said, we were made to be sovereign, not to serve a sovereign. Jesus said, I call you not servants for the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I've called you friends. I saw that post. Great post. Yeah, thanks. And he's like, come on, bro. You're not smarter than the scriptures. Like basically (laughs) he's like, I know he dropped you on your head when you were five, which he did. He goes, but that shouldn't mess up your ability to like speak truthfully. What he's saying is we were made to serve Jesus as King of Kings and Lord. I thought, what are you talking about? Like, you can still believe that. And you saying this counter to me, what is your argument that we are meant to serve a sovereign? Then tell me on earth, like point to the person that I am lesser than to serve. Like they are their bloodline. Fuck their bloodlines. We all come from bloodlines. Fucking, I renounce these bloodlines. Like I'm a free sovereign soul in this body. And there is nothing in my past of lineage, heritage, culture, religion, anything that is determining how I am breathing in this moment right now. So what are we not made to, we're made to serve a sovereign. Like this is where we're finding ourselves either in the system or detached and observing and, and, um, it's like a piece of code in, in a computer that you're throwing it into his code yeah. in his computer and his brain that is causing this glitch and it's yeah. trying to reboot itself to get <laughs> your, 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 your glitch out. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about what we're doing. Mm. I love what collectively the three of us are doing is we're, we're throwing out the glitches in the system and we're putting them in there and we're putting in backup code so they can't reboot it and kick it the fuck out. Right. So for me, everything we're doing is about, um, and you know, I did my, my videos on Instagram to prove me wrong. And it's, I just simply want you to prove me wrong. Just like that fucked hard on Instagram and that message. Like that, that's what I just like, listen, your lack of intellect is very clear because you have no interest mm. in providing facts or proving me wrong. You just want to you know, hit me with a, with a, with a, a claymore when a sniper rifle is all you needed. Right. So like, that's what he's trying to do. I, I'm like, I, I prefer you to be a sniper, be specific. Tell right. me, Tell me what it is. Don't go broad pellets of mass destruction. You don't need a nuclear bomb to, to hit a, one person sitting on a park bench, right? So that's what the world is, is using, though, is that tactic of broad brushes, whether it's 
all white people. I was watching some RE, some Jewish guy, I forget his name, but he goes out on the street and and interviews them in like you know the Black Lives Matter and all the different things. And he was asking them, "Do you believe that um, if George Floyd, if, if Derek Chauvin is found not guilty, that there should be riots in the street?" Yes. Do you believe that small that businesses should be damaged? Yes. Why? Because we are angry and we have no other way of handling our emotions. Okay. Do you believe that white people are evil? Yes. Do you believe that there should be genocide of white people? Yes. Why? Because white people created black people's problems. Mm. That's such a broad statement. Yeah. Of mischaracterization of fact. Right. That a system created a problem. Right. And then within that system was certain people that orchestrated it. And then the manipulation of a people right. proceeded after that, but it's not one white people didn't do shit to anybody. Right. Like the race didn't do anything. Like, so you hating me is the same thing as me saying, I hate you because you're black and right. they can't, the, the, the world, the, the machine doesn't want you to be able to discern that that makes no sense. Right. That logically that's just an imperfect thought. That makes no logical sense whatsoever. And any critical thinking person can have a conversation with somebody who's also critically thinking and come to a conclusion that that makes no sense. Right. But when you're coming from a place of hurt or emotion and you're having a conversation which is coming from a place of logic and common sense, there's never a connective piece of that. And that's the difference in the world today is that we have a, a machine that's feeding an emotional trigger yeah. every 30 seconds, whether it's, you know, it used to be the, if you, the SPCA wanted you to donate money to, to help keep a dog alive or foster, you know, adoption, then would have that, that music that like, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, oh, yeah. you know, song <laughs> with like skinny dogs with fleas and flies. And right. And it makes you go, Oh my God, that poor dog. I want to go get a dog, honey. Let's get a dog. All right. We got a dog. So now they have a dog, right? Now it's the same music, but it get a shot. Right. We can do this. We're all in this together. Together, we can beat that word that we will not speak into yep. existence. Right. Yep. And it's the same. It's the same blueprint every single time. But yet the, the same emotionally manipulated people yeah. are going to go get a dog and then also go get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Pavlov's dogs. They're using it on, on humanity now, too. I mean, it's why? Why? Why not continue to do it? It's working. We're witnessing the definition of insanity in the world. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. And when I don't understand why people don't ask, like, how, how's it working out for you? Like, how's it going? Right. When are we going to make, and see, this is what they do too, is they pepper in this, we need change, we need change. We do. <laughs> but why are they running what change looks like? Well, we like the same people that created the chaos. We exactly. are changing. Change is the only constant. So what do you mean we need right. what is? It is changing. Now, the question is to what right. and with who and to where and by whom? By whom? Yes. Thank you. I think that was, yeah, by yeah. whom. Um, and the whole thing about, uh, you know, people think they have two options now with everything. When you say we're voting, it's like what? nobody believes that there's a third option. Just look for the third option, and that's where heaven on earth is. Yeah, the third option is here. The third option is everywhere that isn't those two options. Mm. And when you find that third option and lean into it, everybody, everybody can have that. Everybody has it within right. and all around you. But what do you choose to look at? You choose to look at the, the two options that are given, vax or anti-vax. Left or right, blue and red. Yeah, right. And then, mask, oh, so I've been thinking about the Matrix a lot lately and like what actually the movie is saying. And, you know, Morpheus gives the option. Now, Morpheus, some, someone who shapeshifts, more, a morphine creature, mm -hmm. a shapeshifting creature, offers to this new one that is awakening the option to take the blue pill and go back to sleep and you'll wake up as if it never happened and continue your life or take the red pill. I will show you the truth, but, and you know, life will never be the same, but who manufactured the pills and there was the architect and then who allowed the architect. So what it doesn't do, I'm like, okay, 
there's the architect, there's the AI machines that are harvesting humans, but that's a self, that's a closed loop. If you tell me one created the other, I don't believe that. Like what, what allows beyond that? What is the air? What is the molecules? What are like, there's something always before something. <laughs> and this right. is where I'm like, I don't even want the red or blue pill. I don't even, I actually reject it. And I actually reject the notion of black pill as well. I'm like, I will ingest nothing. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> don't don't know take you. candy from strangers. <laughs> what has happened? We have even accepted this narrative. And I've said it many times. I was red pill and like, I was just, just chucking them out there. Like that, I don't want, I'm not someone's savior. Someone should be their own savior. We should be the, we're who we're looking for inside. And that can only come from anyway, all this stuff. Well, that, and that's what I, you know, I say this all the time too, is, you know, it's fine. Take the red pill, but you don't stop there and go down this rabbit hole. Yes. And that. Yes. But like, if we're on this highway of ascension, so a lot of people get off the exit and then they, they, you know, they camp out forever. And they're like, this is the answer. I get off, I hit the bathroom, maybe get a snack and you get back on the road and keep going. And then you get off this exit. What's next? Oh, this is interesting. Oh, there's a couple sites to see. Look at the pretty mountain. Get a snack, go pee, get back on the road and keep going. And what happens is a lot of people plateau off the exit and then they, they set camp and then they're there. And then this is the only truth. But again, then you're done. So you're done life. And this is the answer to everything. There is no answer. We're constantly expanding and evolving. If anything is possible and everything is possible, think about those words. What does that word mean? Everything, anything. It's endless. Mm. There's an endless universe. What does that mean? Endless. It never ends. Right. So people are, we live in a world where we're looking for closure because of what Hollywood movies tell us and religion tells us and all these boxes, you know, that we're going to get closure. You're never, ever going to get closure. And it's time to be okay with that. Mm. It's I'm satisfied with where I am and I'm eager for more. And that will always be the state you're in. Mm. But you got to be eager for more, not like, Oh, what's coming next. And you know, this reminds me of a story of, um, I forget which tower he was in, but I met a guy who survived 9-11 who was in a, one of the twin towers. And I don't recall which one he was in, but he was high up and high up way up there. I want to say like in the eighties, somewhere in eighties, things that sounds familiar, like floor 86. And they were going down the stairwell and it started filling up with smoke and people couldn't breathe. And so at one floor, I'm probably butchering the numbers of the floors, but it felt like floor 50 something people couldn't breathe. So they pushed these doors in and they busted in the door, the flow to get fresh air. So he's now in going with the sea of people in the flow of to get fresh air and something told him turn around and keep going. And so he had to fight against the current of all these people wanting fresh air and he kept going down and had those people, kept going down, they would have been a lot. He ended up living obviously. Um, and those people didn't and, uh, or a lot of them didn't, but it's, I've never forgotten that story of like, I'm always leery of when the current goes one way. I'm like, wait, what, what's, where's the other way? What is happening? Like, you know, and this is the same thing questioning and I don't know. The beautiful part of it all is that and it's and you're absolutely right, Aaron, with the with the red pill and people just plateauing and getting off an exit. But I think there's enough logical people with with a platform that are sharing this message, which is it's not. And, and I've been really trying hard in my group to to not be focused on the Donald Trump part and mm-hmm. the he's not our president anymore. We're all fucked mindset. That it's the what did what did him not becoming president leave us with, and is that the worst or is that a gift? And I look at it as a gift because the gift is allowing people to see that when you choose wrong, when you think you know what you're talking about and you allow evil to permeate into our world, that this is kind of what it looks like. And when you allow that to be seen, and then you have the people who are explaining it on a, on a constant level always. And and the fact that we're not 
we're not red pill or blue pill. We're we're let's just figure it the fuck out until it, it infinity. Like I'm never going to stop asking questions. Right. I'm never going right. to stop being counter to whatever the media or the mainstream life says I should be. I'm going to go the opposite direction because my instincts tell me that's not safe. Yeah. Yep. And that comes from experience. That comes from sh- bouncing stuff off of people you trust in your circle. That that's that's what growth is. It's not. And it's sad because I have people that I, I love, like I would die for that are in my life that are not really in my life, but they've been in my life my whole life. Mm. And they're people that I just love that are so unwilling Mm. to even think about the concept of what you're living in isn't really where you should be living your life. Like that's not real. That's not, that's not it. It's not work Monday through Friday, nine to five, go to your job, come home, have a meal that's processed, you know, to the nth degree, watch some mind-numbing TV, right. have a drink, go to sleep, wash, rinse, repeat. On the weekend, cut your grass, go to a baseball game, Monday, wake up, do it all over again. That can't be life. Right. It just can't be. That, that, that makes no sense to me. And I don't know how it would make sense to anybody who, who is simply just asking questions. Hmm. That's all we do. We don't have the answers. We certainly are not. We're not oracles, right? Right. But we're we're smart enough to know that that can't be right. it, right? And that's why religion interests me. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I just believe in God or Jesus or or Buddha or whoever. I'm like, okay, well, why do you believe in them? Mm-hmm. Because I'm told to. Well, I'm seeking it. Mm-hmm. I ask questions. I ask God. I look for signs. I I I speak to people who are of the faith who are trying to do the same thing as me, and I learn things from them that I didn't know before. Like that's what. Life is. Yeah. Life's not just sitting and being. Life's not wash, rinse, repeat. If it's wash, rinse, repeat, get me the fuck out of this life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yes. That's right. Well, what you said too, um, ha- seeing what's going on now, we have an opportunity to see what evil looks like. Um, you can't heal until you actually feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, People need to feel it. Otherwise, they're not going to shake out of it because you might say that, but a lot of people want wash, rinse, repeat mm. for some reason because of the programming. Right. And collectively, we've been trained to be afraid of the unknown. Yeah. So wash, rinse, repeat is familiar. So it might be boring. It might be you know fear-based, but it's, it's the fear I know and I just, I'm just going to do maybe tomorrow, but today I'm going to wash, rinse, repeat. Mm. Maybe tomorrow I'll explore, but for now I'm going to wash, rinse, repeat. And then that, you know, on a micro scale, it's today on a macro scale, it's, it's the week, it's the month, it's the year. Well, next year I'll do it. Well, next, you know, well, once I have kids, I'll do it. And then when do you do it again? It's prepare, prepare, prepare. And then boom, you're retired. Mm. There's no catalyst. Right. Right. You need that. And I've said this many times. I've actually said it to my children. But in order to truly, and, I, and this is Matt Kubler's opinion on life, in order to truly appreciate life, you have to experience loss. Yeah. Like you can't know what the worst feels like. And we talked about this before, you know, but you don't know what your best is until you've truly actually given it. You don't know what the worst is until you actually lived it. Yeah. And if you don't have a compare and contrast to anything, then wash, rinse, repeat becomes what you know. Right. And and people that um, the trauma that, that you get from loss is either, you know, like me for 13 years, shoved down and not dealt with. But at some point in time, that trauma will rear its ugly head, whether it's in, uh, suicide, whether it's in depression, whether it's in alcohol or drug use, it's going to rear its ugly head. And then at some point in time, it's either addressed permanently through suicide or through therapy or through revelation or through spiritual. It, that process has to happen. And it's the people that recognize that when there is a trauma, when there is a loss, that it's the lean in time. Mm. How do I embrace that feeling so that I can learn from that. I had a girl who was driving, I was working midnight shift this weekend and there's a college in the town where I work and the girl was sitting on the corner of uh, two roads and three in the morning crying. College kid. And I said, you okay? You look sad. She goes, I am sad. I just, my boyfriend just broke up with me. And I said, oh, that's, that's horrible. I said, uh, 
I'm looking at it as a gift. She goes, excuse me? I said, the things that you learned from the ending of this relationship will be utilized to help you mm. when you find that person who's your forever person. I said, he wasn't your forever. That's a gift. You know that. And the things that you learned pro and con about that relationship will be used when you help find that person. Mm. That is your forever person. So you, you just got an education in life through loss that will help you be happier than you've ever been in your life. Mm. Instead of looking at it for what I just lost and dwelling on it, looking at what I learned. And I think people that lean into loss, lean into trauma and learn from it because it's a gift. I, I honestly, truly believe God gives us those gifts mm. so that we can truly experience life. Yeah. And my brother's death 31 years ago, 30, almost 32 years ago, was the single greatest gift I ever got because it allowed me to truly experience life. Mm. Without it, I would simply have been in a wash, rinse, repeat of caring for my brother, of being his protector. I would have never been able to live the life I'm living today. But I, I could never imagine being me today, having lived the life I was living and, and seeing how that would have been because the dynamic would have never changed. The catalyst would have never been introduced right. into our equation. I don't know if I would have met my wife. I don't know any of those things. Mm. I truly believe the greatest gift was the loss of my brother because it allowed me to truly appreciate and live life. And if people lean into it, I think that's where they get, they get to that, that appreciation level and life isn't just getting along to get along. Right. Man, that's powerful. That's a perfect example of being uncomfortably honest with yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to admit that that's a gift and to see it as a gift. It's not easy to do. But look at how you've grown because of it. I mean, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank mm. you. I, I, I just, and I, the reason I say that, and I will give a little context, is when you're depressed and angry and hateful for 13 years, and you're supposedly living your best life, but you couldn't feel anything, that's when you know that when you leaned into it, and I, when I finally accepted, embraced it, and healed, and leaned into the loss, that the clarity of his death and the life that he lived became my gift. Hmm. And it's not that I'm happy my brother died. It's that I'm blessed to have spent 18 years with him and the life and example that he instilled in my, my heart and the life that he lived and the things that I learned from him that I now put into my life is the gift because that would have never happened. I would have never had to look that deeply or been that um, sad or that angry. Mm. The catalyst would have never existed. I love you guys. I'm so glad you came on. This is, this is what I needed. I know this is what everyone listening is going to need right when they hear this episode and whenever they listen to it. Um, Matt, where can people follow you, find you? Cause your podcast is really important that people listen and, and find you on Instagram. Yeah, it's uh, well, I've been banned from everything else. So I, have <laughs> I know, a couple platforms Instagram. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm on Instagram at Matt Kubler. I'm on LinkedIn, which I don't really use other than to share stuff. I don't really know how to use it because um, I don't feel real professional. But I'm on YouTube at Matt Kubler, and then MattKubler.com is where they can hear the Two Dates a Dash podcast or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. You can audio wise, you can find it there. Beautiful. And Aaron, we are doing the Awakened Soul, which a lot of people I've I've gotten great feedback from people. Awesome. They're like, I love the concept, the Awakened Soul, the Awakened Soul. I'm like, join our. <laughs> join the Facebook group, first of all, you know? Um, so share about the Awakened Soul, brother. Yeah, so um, I'm Aaron Christopher Scotty on Facebook and Instagram, and we started the Awakened Soul on Facebook to start having conversations like this, um, create a, a space where people aren't afraid to ask questions and expand, uh, especially in a time where you might not be able to look left and right and speak your truth or at least have opinions um, that aren't part of the narrative. So we started that and that's been growing. We, we have a, a mailing list that we're starting now as well because we're probably going to expand very soon. Uh, the three of us have our demo on Monday for a new platform, which is exciting. So we'll, we'll get to join forces and, and expand even more to um, give everybody what they're looking for, you know? Um, and then again, we're just going to have to keep expanding because some of these platforms don't want 
to, to share what we're talking about. And if you feel that way, just come find us there uh, to start. And we'll, we'll continue to expand with you guys. Love it. I love it. Well, Aaron and Matt, thank you so much for coming on and brothers and sisters, wherever you are in this journey, everything that we have just shared was just our experience of what we're going through, what we're processing, what we're feeling, what we're thinking. I mean, (laughs) I was even questioning why people and people (laughs) are so close together. So I, I share these and we share this stuff to give you permission to feel not that you need it, but at least you know that there are other people expanding, questioning, and not just taking the default narrative of what we're told as truth, but to actually question it all. And that I find is what sovereignty truly is in exercise is to question everything and to come back to the place where if you can breathe more deeply, if you feel more grounded, if you feel more peace, then you know it's true. And anything that detracts from that, let it go because it doesn't belong in your world any longer. I'm so thankful you all listened. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe, like, share this podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.